0: Five, oh, what a saviour that he died for me This week we've been talking every night And Mr. Park has been speaking on the day at the cross Where we have spoken about the saviour's death And now we're going to sing about that in this lovely hymn mm-hmm. Number 151, when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. You know, men and women, there will be a time in this old earth where there's no more time. At the minute, we are all uh, complaining of it. We're short of time. There's not enough time in the day. But there'll there'll come a time where there will be no time. And the Lord will come back to gather his own. And we just pray tonight that when he does come back and the trumpet sounds you will be found in Christ and you'll be saved and you'll be ready to meet Him and the trumpet of the Lord shall sound <music> that's where they left him Three, three, I hear the Saviour say, Thy strength indeed is small. good news tonight men and women in the chorus Jesus paid it all we don't have to do anything we just have to come the Lord Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins in the tree of Calvary we're going to open our meeting tonight proper with hymn number 199 God loved the world of sinners lost and ruined by the fall and we'll stand as we sing this hymn asked Erwin Holmes if he'll come now and lead us to the throne of grace and prayer. Erwin's one of our kin and he's going to lead us to the throne of grace just now.
1: Let's pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father Lord we come humbly before you tonight. We thank you Lord for everything you've done for us. We thank you for those that uh, are in this meeting that are saved Amen. and washed in the precious blood of the Lamb. And we just pray, Lord, that those who aren't uh, as yet saved, Lord, will come tonight to you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, the, for you sending your Son to this earth today Amen. in our room and in our stead. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for us. We pray, Lord, that you will be with us. Uh, the preacher tonight, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you will give him power from your from on high, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will uh, speak through whatever message he is bringing uh, to the service tonight. We pray, Lord, that uh, as these meetings continue, Lord, that others will come in uh, in the next few nights that's left, and on Sunday night as well. And we pray, Lord, that there'll be a, a, a move of God amongst the people uh, we pray Lord that you will revive our hearts, re- revive the hearts of those that are saved Lord Amen. and we just pray Lord that you will uh, open the hearts of those that are unsaved to thy word yes, and we pray all this in Jesus name Amen, Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you everyone Now we're going to ask Rebecca Park one of her own homebred bread. Uh, Young ladies, to come and sing now. Rebecca, please.
2: deep the vine will boast in Jesus Christ. To my Savior, the King of life. I stand in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I stand in the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Pieces. There was one line in the pieces caught my attention, and it was a line where it said something like, uh, "No more burden and weight of sin," mm-hmm. and it's great tonight to be here and to be saved, and we don't have that burden of sin. No, we have many burdens, and when you when you listen to six o'clock news, there's all these burdens come upon you, and you worry about all these things. But there's one burden that the folks in this hall. We don't have to worry about tonight. If you're saved, it's the burden of sin. And we just pray that if you're in this building or if you're listening to us on the internet and you haven't experienced the saving and uh, salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you still have that burden. And we pray tonight that the burdens will be lifted at Calvary. We bid you welcome tonight to your gospel mission. It's good to see each and every one of you. Uh, I don't know about you, but I come away from a big Log burning fire, and uh, the devil would have said to me, "Just lie on. That's a good, a good position. We're comfy." I was nearly sleeping after my supper, but it's good to get out and get to the mission and support your brother here and the rest of us as we carry out the mission here. And we just welcome you tonight, and we thank you for braving the storms. And those who are at home on the internet, we bid you welcome too. If you're on Facebook or YouTube or Sermon Audio. We give you a very warm welcome tonight and we pray that you'll uh, enjoy the service here. There's only two nights left of the mission. There is two weeknights left of the mission. There's tomorrow night and Friday night and we pray that you will plan to attend these both meetings. And don't forget about the prayer meeting in the Arthur room down below. We're having some good times of prayer and it's a good preparation before you come up here to go into the prayer meeting and spend that little time before the Lord, and uh, ask for His help in our meetings. The singers, the singer tomorrow night is Sarah Knowles, and then on Friday night we have Marcus and Cherith Legge, and then on the Lord's Day it's the Hebron Choir, the senior choir, so it's the golden oldies once again. Friday night we have a special uh, Tester Fire coming, uh, Andy Copeland. He has been involved in paramilitaries, and it's a very interesting story to tell. The Lord can save even the worst, and uh, come and hear that wonderful story. And also on Friday night, we'll have uh, we'll be taking you know, up a love offering. There'll be baskets at the door for our brother here. Uh, I think he's worth his weight in gold, so I don't know how <laughs> how deep you have to dig to uh, support that. But uh, don't forget that on Friday night. Come prepared. And that's left a good offering for a brother. Now we're going to sing together hymn number two yet one. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vanger. Won't you to rise and sing one more time? <laughs> Thank you, that was good singing. We're going to ask our sister Rebecca to come once more and sing and then our pastor to come and open the word for us tonight. Thank you.
3: Thank you Rebecca, thank you Philip for leading the opening part and Rebecca for coming tonight and singing it's a tremendous thing to be able to say I know I am forgiven and to know that that work has been all of Christ if you're saved tonight you're going to heaven not because of what you've done we know that it's because of what somebody else has done for us and it is all of Christ and him crucified so thank you Rebecca and trust the Lord will bless those messages and song. As always, I want to add my words of welcome to that which has already been given by Philip. Good to see those that have come in. Uh, we used to talk about Monday night and Wednesday night being lean nights. And I saw the weather. When I left home tonight, the, the rain was pouring down. When I came here this evening, it was still pouring. And I just said there was every excuse for people not to come. Uh, to sit at that log fire, Philip, very, very tempting not just for you, but uh, whether it's a log fire or central heating, whatever it is you've got at home, might have been just tempting not to go out on a wintry night like tonight. But you've come, and we appreciate that. Some visitors from the Balamina direction, Brakhshian, uh, good to see Johnny and his dear wife here tonight. I want you to turn the Scriptures to the 23rd chapter of Luke. The 23rd chapter of Luke. Philip made a statement tonight the Lord can save even the worst and you know the Bible is filled with examples of the Lord saving the greatest, the chiefest, the worst of sinners and we're going to look at one such person tonight we've been looking at one day at this mission the day of the cross when Jesus died we've been considering characters that feature in and around the time when Jesus Christ went to Calvary and died for our sins and we're going to read about uh, two men tonight and then we're going to think about one of them Luke chapter 23 and verse 40 just a short reading from verse 40 down to verse 43 but the other answering rebuked him saying dost not thou fear God saying thou art in the same condemnation and we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds but this man hath done nothing amiss and he said unto Jesus Lord remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom and Jesus said unto him verily I say unto thee today shalt thou be with me in paradise if you read the previous verses, you will discover that there were two men and they were crucified, one on either side of Christ. They're called thieves, they're called malefactors, they were criminals, they had committed crimes against the state, and those crimes had caught up with them, and now they were dying for the crimes. Capital punishment had been pronounced, sentenced upon them, and now they are dying, one on either side of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the the malefactors which were hanged in verse 39 railed on Christ and he said, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. When we were to prayer, just ask the Lord to bless our, our meditation tonight in his word. Our gracious God and loving Father, we thank thee for this meeting this evening, for gathering the people out on a night that They may have been tempted just to stay at home because of the weather. But Lord, we're here. Many of God's people are here to support these meetings, to pray for what is happening during this fortnight. And you brought in those who know not the Lord. And we're glad that they're here for this gospel mission is really for them that they might hear something that might open their mind and their heart to the truths of God to their own personal need of God's salvation. We thank you that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And Lord, we're glad he's able to save tonight. We pray that you will stretch forth thine hand of salvation and pluck some brand from the burning. We pray that you'll speak to them now from your word. Lord, they need the Holy Spirit to teach them, and I need the Holy Spirit too to give me words, to give me thoughts, To bring this message tonight, I want to preach with a burden in my heart. I want to preach with a compassion in my soul. Lord, we're very conscious, as one preacher many, many years ago said that he was a dying man preaching to dying men and women. And that's so. We feel our mortality. We know that we are dying. There's nothing surer in this life, but one day we're going to pass from it. And so urge upon us the, the importance and the solemnity of a gospel mission like this. When the Lord comes in his word and he speaks and gives us that opportunity for men to be saved. And we pray that they will come and seek Christ for Jesus' sake. Amen. Two men are crucified, one on either side of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are confronted by two sinful men who were at the point of death. In a very short period of time, they would gasp their last word. They would draw their last breath. Their hearts would beat for the very last time and then they would be in God's eternity. Time on earth would finish for them and their eternal destiny would be sealed. What were they going to do? In these dying hours, what were they going to do? Beside them hung the bleeding lamb of God, the saviour of the world, the one, the only one who could forgive their sin and wash them and make them clean and make them fit for the eternal kingdom of heaven. Even in their last moments upon earth, there was hope. They could turn to him in truth and sincerity and find pardon and forgiveness and salvation. Jesus the Saviour is beside them. He is bearing the curse for guilty sinners. And these men are going to decide. They're going to make a final irrevocable decision that will seal their destiny forever. It's either going to be heaven or hell. There's no other place. Both malefactors found themselves in exactly the same condition. Under the same set of circumstances. With the same opportunity. There was no difference. Between these two men. As far as their circumstances were concerned. Both saw everything. That happened. During that six hour period. When Jesus was hanging beside them. Both heard everything. That was to be listened to. During that period. Both were equally near to Christ. Both were dying men. Both of them were. On the verge of eternity. Both of them were wicked sinners in need of God's forgiveness. And both of them had the same opportunity. And yet one remains hardened in his sins and unbelieving. While the other is penitent and he cries for mercy and he seeks for salvation. One reviles and rejects the Saviour. Yes, even in his dying hours. And yet the other helplessly cries out for mercy and is wonderfully saved. One seals his destiny for hell and the other seals his destiny for heaven in a moment of time. You find yourself tonight as you come to this meeting in the same condition as everyone else that is here. You are under the same uh, circumstances. You've got the same opportunity. You're gathered here in the town hall. You're in the same meeting. You are both or all of you are hearing the same gospel. You are brought near to the Savior in his word. And you are also dying. Nothing sure even as we prayed tonight. That one day we're going to leave this world. One day we're going to go out into eternity. We're going to die. And we're privileged also with the same opportunity. As we listen to God's word to be saved, to be reconciled to God, to become a Christian. And Christ is here tonight. He's beside you. He's not hanging on a cross any longer as the scene here before us. But he is seated on high. He's no longer the humiliated Lord. He is the risen exalted king sitting upon his throne. He's not the servant on the tree He's the sovereign on the throne. However, he does come to us all on the same grounds. Under the same circumstances. He is still the saviour. And he offers himself as the substitute for sin. the One who bled and died upon that centre cross at Calvary. And you have a decision to make. Just like these men on either side of Christ had a decision to make so Have you? What are you going to do? Will you make the right decision? Will you make the right choice? One of the thieves did. And thank God for the penitent thief. Who sought and found the saviour in his dying hours. And this is the man that I want us to look at this evening. I want you to look at verse 40 first of all. Where we read tonight. In Luke 23. And I want you to notice that he was characterised By fear. The other answering rebuked him. Saying. Dost not thou fear God. Saying that we are in the same condemnation. Here is a man who. Began to get his priorities right. He feared God. A few moments previously. There did not seem to be the slightest. Conviction or concern about him. At the start of the crucifixion we're told that both malefactors both of these thieves were casting the same abuse and mockery in the teeth of Christ it's Matthew that tells us about this in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 39 let me just read you those verses this evening they that passed by reviled him wagging their heads and saying thou that destroyest the temple temple and a it in three days. Save thyself. If thou be the son of God. Come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests Mocking him. With the scribes and elders said. He saved others himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross. And we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will have him. For he said I am the son of God. Now mark what it says in verse 44. The thieves also which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. These two men on either side of the Lord, these dying men, at the beginning of this story, the beginning of the crucifixion, they were abusing Christ, they were mocking Christ, they were asking Christ to come down from the cross and prove himself to be the Son of God. The very men who were hanging on either side of the Saviour were not innocent of engaging in this Same wicked verbal abuse against the saviour. It seems that both of them engaged in such activity. How despicable. How awful. Indeed how unbelievable. These men are facing death. They are on the verge of eternity. They are on the very threshold of hell itself. And they, they dare to blaspheme God. And blaspheme Christ. But there is a change of mind. A change of heart. In one of them. For he is now characterized by fear. His very heart and soul and spirit were gripped with a dreadful fear of God. He realized in a few short moments the death angel would come knocking on his door. And his soul would be called immediately out into eternity. So we we have to ask the question what happened? What brought about this change? This man who, like his comrade on the other side of Christ, that was casting all this abuse in the face of Christ, what happened to bring about the circumstances that changed his mind? I'll tell you, my friend, the Holy Spirit of God began to work in his heart. There is no other explanation for this. The Spirit of God moved mightily upon his conscience. And made him realise that there was a God. Before whom he would give an account. The other thief remained untouched. Unmoved. Unconcerned. And unrepentant. There was no fear of God in his heart. It is the operation you see. Of the Holy Spirit of God that makes the difference. He who has been sent into the world as Jesus tells us. To reprove the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. Unless the spirit of God strives in a man's heart, convicts him of his sin, troubles him, then there will be no genuine anxiety of heart. A man will not be troubled, a man will not fear. We see here that a man can can go on into death with the knowledge that he is dying And yet he can go there hard of heart without concerning, even mocking God and blaspheming Christ. You wouldn't think that was possible. And yet it was so. But the penitent thief began to fear, began to quake. God was moving evidently in his heart. How important it is to get saved when the Spirit of God is moving in your heart. In that time when the spirit is dealing with you and planting a fear of God within your soul. There's nothing wrong with a genuine fear of God in the hearts of the unconverted. We should pray that this will happen more often. That God would drive more people to a true fear of God that brings them to the place of repentance. That God would instill into their hearts the, the dreadfulness of the Lord. That that would overwhelm their souls. That they would get to a place where they can't eat or sleep until they cry for mercy. I long for those days to come back again. Where men shake when they think about God. When they tremble in his presence. When they are troubled in their heart. The dying thief feared God because of his sin. His unconfessed And unforgiven sin, when he viewed his past life, he saw the darkness of his sin. He had lived a Christless life. He realized that the wrath of God was abiding upon him, and he feared God because of his condemned future. He knew that if he died in his present state, it would not be well with him, he would go out into a lost eternity. Indeed, into that place where Jesus speaks about over and over again in the New Testament, that dreadful place called hell. This is what's lacking in in Northern Ireland today. Men and women do not fear God. Scripture speaks about those in, in Bible days where there was no fear of God before their eyes. If they truly feared God, they would not live the way that they do. They would be down on their bended knee crying to God for mercy and forgiveness. But ungodly men do not have a reverence or a regard for God or his ways or his commandments. Every day they trample beneath their feet his law. If men truly feared God they wouldn't talk the way they do. Unconverted men can speak so lightly and irreverently about the things of God. And their mouths are filled with blasphemy and cursing, and the name of the Lord is is taken in vain and used as a swear word, in some cases, nearly in every other sentence. What our country needs today is a baptism of godly fear. The first step to salvation is the fear of God. That's why Jesus told the people of his day fear not them which can kill the body, but have no power. Over the soul, but fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Yeah, the fear of God gripped this man's heart. But look further at verse 40 and 41. He recognized his folly. The other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds but this man hath done nothing amiss he recognised that he was a sinner and that he justly deserved to be punished for his crimes he looked at Jesus beside him and he saw the spotless innocent crimeless saviour the one who had done nothing amiss as he describes it here and then he looked at himself and he saw a foul wretched unclean sinner who was guilty of sin and who had merited death and damnation. He realized that his life had been a mess and that his past life had been foolish and vain and that he was now being rewarded for the deeds that he had committed. Like the prodigal son, he came to his senses. He acknowledged his waywardness and he turned to the Lord The prodigal son saw his folly and his moral bankruptcy when he was reduced to feeding the swine in a time of famine and hunger when he would even have eaten the pig's food. And yet he was brought to that place where he says, Father, I've sinned. I've done wrong. He was brought right down to that place of acknowledgement of a sin. And God requires us, you and I, to recognize our folly. We must confess. That our lives have been sinful. And that we have transgressed the laws of God. In consequence. We justly deserve to be punished. We deserve to be condemned. We, deserved, we deserve to die eternally. We may not like to admit this. A lot of people today think they're, they're pretty good in the, in the eyes of man. And even in the eyes of God. And they don't like to admit their sinnership. And yet we need to get to that place because we are. We are sinners. All have sinned and come short of God's glory. I wonder, have you recognized the folly of your ways? Have you come to yourself? Have you arrived at that place where you see your spiritual destitution and bankruptcy before God? And You're willing to say tonight from an honest heart. Lord I know that I am a sinner. I know that I am unrighteous. I know that I am undone before a holy God. God requires repentance. This is the message of every faithful preacher. John the Baptist the forerunner of Christ. He preached the message of repentance. He said repent ye for the kingdom of God is. Is at hand. It is said of the twelve disciples in the Gospel of Mark chapter 6 and verse 12 that they went out and they preached that men should repent. Peter proclaimed, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. And Jesus Christ preached the very same message of repentance. Except ye repent, Jesus said, ye shall all. Likewise perish. There can be no conversion. Until a man gets to the place. Where he recognizes his sin. And in repentance. He turns from his sin. God demands it. And he lays that demand. Upon sinners. It's your responsibility. Indeed when Paul was standing. Preaching on Mars Hill. He says God now. Commandeth all men. Everywhere. To repent, and he said that in the light of the great judgment day, that God has given a day in which He will judge the world by Christ. God demands, God commands, that you repent of your sin. Jesus was sent to to call men to repent. He said, "I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance." He desires men to turn. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the Lord would call you tonight, dear sinner, to that place of repentance where you will turn from your sin. But not only does he demand repentance, he demands faith. You remember when Paul spoke about this when he wrote about repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that brings me on to my third point tonight in verse 42. This man exercised his faith. Look at it there. He cried or he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. After recognizing his sinful condition in simple childlike faith, he cried out to the Lord. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. However bad he had been previously, however hardened he had been and debased, he was brought to true repentance and he cried out in faith. There was an invisible energy touching his soul and melting it into contrition the power of the cross of Christ was felt yes this criminal became humble his heart believed and his faith penetrated the veil of the incarnation realizing that there was hope for his guilty soul he was saved by faith not by human merit as Ephesians 2 And verses 8 and 9 remind us. For by grace are ye saved. Through faith. And that not of yourselves. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. We can't boast in our works. Our works will never save us. It is by faith in Christ. This man was never baptized. He was never catechized. He was never confirmed. He never sat at the Lord's table. He never registered his name on a church roll. He never attended church faithfully or became an active member of any denomination. But he was gloriously and eternally saved in his dying hours. This casts away any false idea that religion can save your soul. Whereas the things that I've mentioned have their place and they are good and proper in their rightful place. They will never redeem your soul. And they will never bring you to heaven. So what are you trusting in? What are you trusting in tonight. For your eternal well-being. The dying thief. Did not have his faith in a church. Or a creed. Or a confession. He did not have his faith in a preacher. Or a priest. He did not have his faith in anything else. No his faith was fixed in A person, the person of Christ, the one that was now beside him, crucified. And he believed that Jesus was the Lord. He calls him Lord. Lord, remember me. The trouble with many people in our land, they they do not acknowledge Christ as Lord. Because they don't want him to be Lord of their lives. He believed that Jesus could do something to help him. That he had power to save him. That he had a kingdom. And that he was dying. For his soul. Do you believe that the son of God. Has done all this for you. Then exercise. Your faith in Christ. Cry to him for salvation. Come today. And receive him. Would you have. Will you leave this house rather. This town hall tonight changed person would you leave here saved by God's grace then come to Christ and come by faith Jesus says I am the resurrection and the life he that believeth that means exercises their faith in he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live this malefactor prayed a very simple prayer Lord remember me it was short Just a short sentence. It was humble. He just wanted to be remembered. And it was earnest because he was an awakened sinner on the brink of eternity. Oh, I wonder are you prepared to get to that place tonight where you acknowledge your need and by faith lay hold upon Christ? One other thing I want to mention in verse 43 I want to say tonight that he was assured of his future. Jesus said unto him, soon as this man cried out, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. What a comfort. What a joy. What assurance these words must have been to this poor sinner. As an agony he cried out to the Lord. The moment that he cried out in faith he was instantaneously saved. Jesus spoke these words of great assurance. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. What power. What grace. What dominion. Our saviour thinks upon the chiefest of sinners. As he offers himself upon the cross for sin. There's none too bad. Praise God tonight to be saved. Are you a thief? Like this man. You can be saved. No matter what you've done, you can be saved. Are you a blasphemer? You can be saved. Have you broken the commandments of God? You can be saved. Are you an adulterer? Are you an immoral person? You can be saved because Christ came to save men. And He's able to save to the uttermost all that come unto Him. The dying thief now knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was well with his soul. Death was sure. But it didn't worry him any longer. He was not afraid to die. He was not afraid to meet God. He was not afraid of God's wrath. Because Christ had borne that wrath for him. He knew that as soon as he died. He would be in paradise with Christ. It would be absent from the body. Present with the Lord. As the scripture promises to every child of God. I wonder have you got assurance tonight. Do you know that it's well. With your soul, your immortal, precious soul. Death did come to this thief, but he was a happy man in the hour of death, for he went to be with Christ, which is far better. There was no mysterious delay, there was no season of suspense, there was no delay at all between death and paradise. The moment He departed this life. He was with Christ in the next life. Because that's what Jesus promised. What a comfort. Every true child of God has tonight. I wonder are you assured about your future? Are you saved tonight? Are you prepared for heaven? Are you ready to meet God? The dying thief Rejoice to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Dear friends, come to Christ tonight. Don't be like the other thief who died in his sin, rejecting the Lord. But be like the man who was penitent, who recognized his sin, who called out for mercy and was assured about his future. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for grace, the grace of God that saves a man from sin. We thank Thee that even in the dying hours of the Savior, when he was suffering, when he was in pain, when undoubtedly he was so taken up with the agony of the cross, Yet he had time to think about sinners. We know that he prayed, as we thought last night, for those soldiers that had crucified him. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we know that he took time to to think about this thief that was beside him who cried out for mercy, Lord, remember me. And gave him that wonderful assurance that That very day when he died, he would be with the Lord. He would be with Christ in paradise. Lord, there are those tonight in this meeting and they haven't got certainty about their future. They do not know Christ as Savior. And this night finds them going down the broad road that leads to eternal destruction. Open their mind, open their heart to the truths of the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ came to save them. Show them, Lord, that they can have their sins forgiven and pardoned forever. Only through the work of the Savior. Lord, may they not trust in anything else because all other things are sham rocks, they are sinking sand. But Lord, may they come to trust in the living Savior who came into this world and died for our sins. May they cry out just in simple, childlike faith, as this man did, to be remembered. And Lord, we know that when a man turns from his sin and seeks the Lord as a saviour, that Jesus Christ will save him and give him certainty about his future. We just want to leave this meeting now in the hands of the Lord. This preacher's voice is going to be silent just in a moment or two, but there is the still small voice of the Spirit that speaks on. Oh, Holy Ghost, have your way in every heart and bring sinners to Christ for Jesus' sake. Amen. It's a hymn sometimes we sing at the end of a gospel service. It's 236. Out of Christ without a saviour, oh, can it, can it be like a ship without a rudder in a wild and stormy sea? Oh, to be without a saviour, with no hope nor refuge nigh, can it be, O oh, blessed saviour? one without thee dares to die. Is there someone without the Lord tonight and you're daring to die? Daring to die just the way you are in your sin. What a foolish thing to do. Oh, you come to Christ and if we can help you, we're here. We say that every night. We want just to stress that again this evening. We're here to help all that we can. Don't go away without God's salvation. Let's sing of the words of the hymn. We'll sing. Verses one, two and five. Let's rise to our feet as we soon. Out of Christ, without a Saviour, this is what you need to do, as the hymn says, give to Him now your heart. Oh, don't turn away from the speaking voice of God. Lord, we're glad that the Spirit brings conviction. We're glad tonight that the Holy Spirit brings a fear, a true fear of God, brings us to consider our, our latter end where we'll be when death comes, where we'll be in the great expanse of eternity. And he points our way to the remedy for our sin. And he shows us Christ, the Savior of men. We pray that there will be a fleeing to him. That men and women and young people will get to Christ tonight. And know their sins forgiven. Don't let them go on rejecting and neglecting so great salvation. But may they turn and seek the Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen.